0: McDavid out of the corner to Dreisaitl to the net, scores! Leon Dreisaitl puts it home. It's a power play goal, and the Oilers are up 4-1.
1: Two goals and two assists from Leon Dreisaitl. Two goals and two assists from Connor McDavid as the Oilers mostly dominate the Arizona Coyotes to win it 5-3 tonight. The Oilers go to 14-5 on the season. Leon Dreisaitl Leading the NHL through 19 games, he has 20 goals and 20 assists for 14 points, or for 40 points. Not to uh, belittle what Connor McDavid is doing, who has 36 points in 19 games, but. Leon over a goal a game, over two points a game, as Edmonton able to get it done tonight. The Japanese Village goal light is on, by the way, on 630 com, You can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they've been doing fairly often this season, with Drysdale McDavid leading the way almost uh, every night, Rob Brown. And, Dreisaitl's numbers are uh, eye-popping. Like if if you hadn't for some reason followed hockey for a few years but were a fan and knew how stats worked and what players usually have and someone handed you this, you'd say, well,
2: that's – that's incorrect. That's a good, that's that's, a good season a mis- is what you would say. That's a
1: misprint. He's got a 20-goal season on uh, on November
2: 24th. Yeah, it, it, It's incredible uh, what Leon and Connor, but let's talk about Leon first, has been doing on the, on the season. Uh, it's, uh, he's he's on pace for 86 goals. He's on pace for 170 points or something along that line. I think with his plus two tonight, he's up to about plus 13 on the season. He's 57%-ish. In the face-off circle, he, he's, he's having MVP numbers. And uh, you're, you're thinking, well, Leon's just getting into the prime of his career, too. We got, we're going to see this for another four, five, six straight years. So it's been a wonderful start to the season for, for Leon and the Edmonton Oilers. And when the Oilers won the lotto to get Connor McDavid, you're thinking, okay, we're going to see a generational player for a decade or two here in Edmonton. And it's going to be so much fun watching Connor McDavid break record after record and be mentioned with the Gretzkys and the Lemus and uh, the Bossies and and all of the greats that have been around. But that was an expectation. That's what everyone knew that was going to happen. Well, Leon is has already won an MVP and a, and a scoring title. He's right now leading the league. And probably if they were naming MVPs, in the National Hockey. He's been the MVP through the first quarter of the season, and his name is being mentioned. With They showed up at 20, 19 goals in 19 games. They had him up there with Gretzky and, and Curry. So not only do we have the luxury of getting to watch Connor do all these special things, we got a second player that's doing it as well. So it's unbelievable the start that he has had this year.
1: 5-3, the Oilers win over the Coyotes. Here's head coach Dave Tippett.
3: Uh, effort tonight in getting two points. Well, we started a little bit slow, and then we got going a little bit. And, uh, you know, as the game went on, I thought we got better and better. We started to play uh, kind of a sound version of what we want and capitalize on some opportunities, and we were able to get uh, get the win.
4: What's it like to have a power play that kick-started that uh, slow
3: start, turned it into a little bit more progressive play in the second period? Well, a power play gets your momentum, but you get momentum by working, like winning, winning races, winning puck battles, stuff like that. We were... We were a little slow the first few shifts, and then we got going. Power play got us uh, revved up a little bit, and we were better the rest of the game.
4: The advanced stats in that second period were heavily in your favor. How big of a period was that you got for you guys to maybe build on uh, for the rest of tonight's game and heading into Vegas?
3: Well, we talked well, about we have to be better. The first period, we were all right, but we needed to be better in the second period. So we came out, we played a lot better in the second.
4: What can you make of uh, Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid? And their willingness to lead, uh, especially coming after a loss like that and kind of taking the onus on their shoulders?
3: Well, we needed that. You know, last night we weren't very good and uh, and both those guys included in that. We didn't have a very good team effort. Tonight we wanted a better team effort and those guys do what they do, but I thought the rest of our group was pretty solid too.
4: And uh, what can you maybe say about this stat that I'm about to read? Because when I read it, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Drysaddle becomes the only player in all this franchise history not named Wayne Gretzky to hit 40 points before the
3: 20 game mark? That's pretty good. I know because the other guy was really, really good, so dry must be really, really good, too. How special is it to watch these guys in in their prime right now? uh, They're really good players. They're really good players, and we have to keep, you know, they want to play to their strengths, but we have to continue to build our team around them. You know, they... uh, a lot of nights they'll do their part, but we got to continue to build our team game around them, and they want to be a part of a winning team, and. Uh... Like I say, they do what they do, but we need to we need to make sure we're playing the right way with everybody around them, them included, to give us a chance to win every night.
4: You decided to mix up the lines uh, in the top 12. You went with a familiar guy in Cassian. They've had yeah. long-term success before. What about Cassian's game makes him so effective alongside 97 and 29?
3: And we're just, you know, sometimes you get going and it's just kind of a little bit of a rut, and we felt like we were that was the case last night, and we kind of juggled things last night. We went back. <laughs> Cass has played there before. He's got some familiarity with those guys. Um, You know, Nuge and Hyman and and Yamo has actually been a pretty solid line for us when we put them together. I wanted to see what Pugliarby could do and cast a spot there. And and Sevier has actually been real good. We, uh, You know, he's been pretty solid, so we put him between... Uh, the line we had back at home there in in Benson and Turris, and they were all right, so just juggled things up a little bit, juggled things, but then had some consistent, you know, some things that we've seen before, so just, just trying to freshen it up a little bit.
4: We've talked about the turnover on the back end due to the circumstances. What did you think of your D
3: corps overall play tonight? Pretty solid, actually. They, you know, we we got a really unproven group back there right now, and they uh, they were pretty solid.
4: When it comes to an unproven group like that, is it just a matter of keeping it simple?
3: Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. You got to not overdo things and make sure you're, you know, when you get a chance to clear the puck or make a good play, you got to make a good play. You know, we were we were pretty solid in that area tonight. And how did you evaluate Arrested Miko Koskinen's performance? He was solid. He was solid, you know, made a couple of good saves there when we needed him in the first and a uh, um, couple of bad bounces and one, the one kind of banged around the crease there and, and pure comes up with it. But uh, other than that, he was real solid. What did you think of uh, William Lagason's first game? Yeah, you know, he came. He was steady. He was steady. We we needed our whole D to to play a a steady, you know, kind of methodical, solid game, and that's what Leggy did. A fourth line uh, looked like they had a lot of jump. They created yeah, they turnovers,
4: were, created opportunity.
3: Yeah, they were they were they had some opportunities. They were especially when you're in a back-to-back. You need you need everybody contribute, and and we needed that energy from them tonight, and they gave it to us.
5: Take three questions on Zoom: Terry Jones, Jason Gregory, and Jim Matheson. Go ahead, Terry.
6: Uh, you're old enough to remember uh, the legend and lore of uh, 50 goals and 50 games. Uh, can you speak to that? And uh, um, and just the idea that you've got a guy on this team in Leon that's, uh, that's on a pace to do that, and it hasn't happened
3: in a long time in this league. Yeah, it hasn't happened in a long time. I know there was lots of... Uh... Lots of fascination with it when it was happening, whether it was Gretzky or uh, Bossy or, I don't know if Yuri or Curry did it once or not, but uh, Brett Hull, I mean, there's lots of fascination with that, and Leon is finding a way to keep pace with it, so we'll see where it goes, but it's uh, it's, I think it's harder to do today, and Leon Leon is finding a way to keep pace. Jason Greger, go ahead. Dave,
5: when you when you decide, you mentioned just things weren't going, so you, you put certain guys there. Um, your team overall is scoring a lot of goals five on five. I think your top five, but you've got quite a few guys who aren't scoring. Is that a concern at all? Yeah. You know, there's so how do you how do you get those guys going? Do you think five
3: on five? Well, there's for there's goals? there's different. I mean, you're looking for different things. Um, you know, if you look at like Newage's line tonight, they had some chances tonight, and uh, McLeod's line didn't probably have as many as we'd like to see, and and Sevier's line got some tonight. So it's a it's a matter of capitalizing on some of that. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a different case. We got that power play runs so hot, and uh, and those guys get a lot of that time. So you got you got to find ways to score another. Other veins, you know, so we'll keep tinkering with it till we hopefully we can find a line that can consistently chip in, but uh but it's certainly a concern.
5: Final question, Jim matheson go ahead. A couple of things that Dave, what does Cassian bring to the line that Poliardi doesn't bring?
3: Well, right now we're just looking about. They're both big guys. They play a similar kind of game. You know, Pooley is a little bit snake bit around the net right now. We're just looking for maybe somebody that that uh, can finish. You know, it just it just seems like both Hyman and Pooley have been a little bit snake bit, and we threw Cass up there just to see if uh, see if we could come up with something, and uh, and it worked out for us tonight. So it's uh, it's just about. You know, players get hot. They, you know, there's, there's times when it seems like everything you shoot goes in, and then other times that uh, you're having a hard time finding the net. So you're just trying to find somebody to finish a little bit tonight. And, and, you know, we wanted to tweak things. We feel like we've been a little bit stale here the last three or four games and just trying to tweak things. And Cass was a guy that, uh, you know, we gave an opportunity tonight, and it paid off for us
5: one more question uh, the cross check uh, on McDavid right into the cross into the goal post where did you think of
3: that and the slash before the cross check it was more a push than a cross check the the slash on the hands before that and the and the cross check or and the push into the post dangerous play
4: thank you this
1: concludes tonight's media availability that's dave Tippett, head coach of the edmonton oilers who beat the coyotes 5-3 tonight reed wilkins rob brown hartland ford overtime open line so the oilers again didn't start the game very well they fell behind at one point they were being outshot 6-1 but rob starting in the second half of the first period until about five minutes left in the third Mm -hmm. the oilers did dominate the game i mean the coyotes yes couple of goals Make it interesting. The orders obviously didn't finish the game as well as they wanted either, but they but they still get the win. But really, um, once the orders were able to crank it up against this team, they they were in control. I mean, uh, from the end of the first period until five minutes left in the third the coyotes had seven shots and they had one shot in the first 15 minutes of the third
2: well it it should be that way if you look at the coyotes lineup Uh, you and i had to go through uh, this sheet that we have the game notes time and time again because we'd like okay who's that okay who's that this is not a, a strong team they're at the bottom of the standings uh they will be at the end of the season at the bottom of the standings the others should dominate a team like this uh they should have come out better uh, again falling behind and they saw that when they play good teams like Dallas or teams that are veteran laden that they find a hard they have a much harder time coming back when they start slow against Arizona it was just a matter of time they're going to take charge in this game cuz the Oilers are a much better hockey club they've got two players that Arizona cannot handle in Leon and Connor but yeah it, once the Oilers got rolling it was just it was a clinic and it wasn't just i know that the the top line got all their goals But the other lines were very good. This was the best the fourth line has played all season long. Uh, The McLeod line was good. The Nugent-Hopkins line had a number of chances. Hyman could have had three or four goals himself. So this team played, there was a stretch in there that you expected the Oilers to play like, because they're the better team. There was a stretch at the beginning and a stretch at the end, where there was some nervousness, where the Oilers didn't play up to their capabilities, but at the end of the day this is a game that you would expect them to win 99 out of 100 times, and tonight they got the two points.
1: Koskinen made some Clutch saves in the final five minutes when Arizona was making it a tighter game. He finishes with 24 stops. He's now 10-2 and two on the season. Sportsnet stats put this out. So McDavid got his 400th assist tonight. Fewest games needed to reach 400 career assists in league history. Gretzky did it in 290. Mario did it in 353. Peter Stastny, there's that name again, in 411. And then uh, McDavid does it in 426.
2: Well, every time there's a milestone in the next number of years, whether it's Leon or Connor, we're going to see them in the top three or four or at some point maybe the top one or two. Uh, they are having those kind of seasons, those kind of a career, and it's kind of neat. We, uh, for, for guys like myself, and you're a little bit younger, the players that the, he's starting to be named with each and every time he does something is guys that we grew up, and they were the heroes, they were the superstars, they were the greatest ever. And now Connor McDavid and Leon, their names are being thrown in with those guys. So it seems like it's almost weekly that they do something special that we get one of those stats.
1: All right, so five goals tonight. That's a $500 donation to 630 Chad Santos Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown and Associates giving 100 bucks every time the Oilers score this season and they've been doing a fair bit of scoring. They came into tonight uh third in the league in goals for per game at three point seven two. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can get in touch. Here he is. I wonder if he was at the game. Chris in Phoenix checking in tonight. Hey Chris, how are you doing?
0: Left the Oilers. yeah I just uh just left the game. Uh unfortunately I kinda of, well fortunately I kinda of got in a little bit late so I got to. I missed that first Coyotes goal, which I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy about. Um, but all in all, it was a, it was a pretty solid, solid uh, bounce back game uh, from the Oilers. Considering they laid a, a stinker last night, uh, I've got a question for Rob, uh, being that he is uh, he's, a, he's a he's a former player. Like, wh- what is what what is with the Oilers with these late starts? As in, like, it, it seems to take them... like. Some adversity or something to to, to get them to, to, to start. Like I, I, it's been happening like probably the last ten games or so, and it's, it's kind of. I don't want to be a downer because you know we did win, and I think we scored another two goals in the power play. But I'm just, it, it's just, it's worrisome because it's, it's just, if we start a game off and we dictate the pace, a lot of teams out there can't can't play play us, and it seems like sometimes that we just kind of play to the other teams you know, pace. And it just kind of, it's, it's frustrating. But other than that, it was a great game. Uh, Connor doing Connor things and, and Leon doing Leo things. And, and there was a coach out there that told Leon one time, don't necessarily have to think of yourself as the second best player on the ice. You can also be the best player on the ice. And, and Leon is, is just phenomenal. And, uh, that's all I got boys and, uh, great game and let's go Oilers.
1: Todd McClellan, of course, told Leon that early in his career. Well, there's the question. <laughs> We've been trying to answer for nine times in the last 10 games the others have not scored first. They are 5-4 and four in those games.
2: The problem is when they get to the playoffs, you're not going to have the lesser light to play against and come back against. Uh, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to be playing better teams and know how to close out games. So if you start falling behind in those games, uh, you're not going to have the the winning record. You're going to find yourself in trouble. And I don't know what it is tonight. The goal, the first goal against it was against the Oilers' best players. Mm -hmm. Connor and Leon were on the ice when that one was scored. And there was, there was about a five or six minute stretch where Koskinen had to make another couple big saves or the, the Coyotes could have extended the lead. The Oilers' starts are not good enough. They need to be better. They know they need to be better. Fortunately for the Oilers, they're able right now in the regular season to outscore and outplay their bad starts. But that's something you do not want to take into a playoff series.
1: 5-3. The Oilers win it tonight over the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to take a quick timeout. If you're on hold, stay there. You're also going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who lights it up again. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
0: Center Ice Kessel comes in on the right wing, stops up, drops it to Keller. Out to Kessel, the shot that save made by Koskinen. As Kessel had a good look. That is Miko Koskinen's
1: save of the game. Courtesy Reface Magic, transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Koskinen gets the win. The Oilers beat the Coyotes 5-3 tonight to go to 14-5 on the season. Arizona's record drops to 4-14-2. They had won two consecutive games, but back into the loss column tonight. Okay, here's another stat. We're going to give you the winner for set the line. It is Douglas who gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at four and a half for blocked shots by Chris Russell tonight. Mm -hmm. Now, why in the world would I possibly pick that? Well, if he would have got five blocked shots tonight, he would have passed Brent Seabrook for the most blocked shots in league history Now, since the NHL started keeping the stats 16 years ago, so it's a relatively new stat. Uh, But still, he would have been number one. 16 years. He got three stats. Uh, He got three shot blocks. So he's uh, under. So Douglas had the under, so he gets the $50
2: River Cree Resort and Casino gift. He will break the record Saturday night against Vegas. Vegas shoots a lot. They will need Chris Russell getting his body in front of pucks. And Russell
1: had zero through two periods he had one until there was five minutes left so he blocked two in the final five minutes when arizona started shooting a lot more i wonder i i, I would think from this era would be the career leaders anyway
2: uh, well yeah it, well it's funny near the end of my career so my, the middle of my career if someone blocked a shot you got a standing ovation because it wasn't expected of the players. If you got into a shooting lane and the puck in the shin pads, everyone would cheer. Uh, at the end of my career, just rate right, that's when it started where the coaches are like, "Okay, you don't block shots, you don't play." Yeah. And and you saw players having to learn how to do it. He would practice it to learn the proper way to lay down and nowadays I I mean, you if unless you are a superstar, every other player on the team must put their body on the line and block shots every time there's an opportunity to, you can knock it out of the way. So it's, it's exciting. So yeah, absolutely, I agree that the record that is held by Seabrook and is going to be held by Chris Russell. I do believe that will be the record when, if, if you would have gone back a hundred years of the NHL and the thing that's scary about it, the players shoot harder now than they've ever shot in the history of the national hockey league. It hurts more now.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you think how forwards used to block shots, it'd be doing a pad stack yep. uh, up at the top of the circle, timing it, okay, just when the guy lowers his head to take a slap shot and doesn't see me, I'll go down on my side and block the shot. And now leg with the defenseman, was known for the
2: giant shin pads. Well, and I saw, I played with him. Well, the, we talked about last game, the one game I played with Dallas. Great. And he's got, like, they were massive, and they were the same shin pads he had, I think, in midget hockey, he wore them through his entire career. He started stuffing uh, cotton, in there to try to give it a little more absorption when he blocks shots. But, yeah, it's, it's the expectation now, and now you, f- you front, you face them. You face right. the guy that's shooting. You don't turn sideways if you don't have to. But, yeah, it's, it, you've got to be brave to do it because it stings. And now a lot of the guys now wear the moldings that go over top of their, their skates to protect your feet because uh, the leather on the skates doesn't protect you at all. So if you do get hit in the foot, broken feet are very common. Um, yeah, I, I give Chris, Ruttle, Chris Russell huge, huge uh, props on, on the ability in, to block shots day in, day out, and the courage to do it. Because it's it's not an easy way to make a living.
1: That has changed so much. Because a lot of times when you see a a point shot, it's often a, a wrist shot where a defenseman's trying to flick it through a crowd. So there's there's off there are often four players between the shooter and the goaltender. Mm-hmm. But sometimes three of them are the goaltender's teammates because the forward pressuring the point man will get, like you said, get in the shooting lane, whereas, like you said, when your career started, you might have been told, well, let let your goalie see. Like, if you could steal the puck, sure, but other than that, get out of the way. Well, now you're told to get in the way. And then sometimes another back-checking forward is going to be by the hash mark, and then the defenseman is often battling with an offensive forward in front of the net, but he's also, as you said, fronting the shots. So now...
2: (laughs) <laughs> well, that's the thing that's changed since when I played is the defenseman in front of the net. When I played, if I was playing, for example, against New Jersey, I would be facing my defenseman and Scott Stevens would be behind me, cross-checking you. Right. Nowadays, the the defensemen front you. They they don't, they're not behind you. They're in front of you and they're trying to block the shot. It's completely different from, from 20, 30, I guess, 20, 30 years ago when I played because it's a long time now. And just, that's just the way the game has evolved. And Nowadays, you have to block shots. And Chris Russell has done it, well, on Saturday night, will have done it more than any player possibly in the history of the National Hockey League.
1: That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line as the Oilers win in Arizona 5-3 is the final. Four points for McDavid, four points for Dreisaitl, three points for Cassian tonight, who got up to the
2: front line. Well, that line had a 11 points. They were plus six, and they had 19 shots the line uh, of of McDavid, Drysdale and Cassian. Cassian was good. Cassian uh had the three points and we we talked about it with Bob and you and I talked about it between periods. He easily could have had two or three more goals. Wedgwood made some big saves on two-on-ones that Cassian was the benefit or, or the, got the benefit of a great pass from either Connor and Leon and Wedgwood came across and made big saves. But they were dominant. Absolutely dominant and I would expect fully expect them to be playing as a line again on saturday night
1: all right our hotline is presented by Teed, the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems Teed pro all the way 780-496-0063 we
5: have robert standing by hey robert go ahead hey guys how you doing good well i mean i guess uh i mean i guess i want to start with tonight uh i think that uh that McDavid dry side in line, obviously I think the I think that line for sure uh definitely drove the bus tonight. It was a great game by those three. I thought the other three lines were okay. I mean the the McLeod McLeod Fogel rv line I thought was good too. But uh I will well on well, that the one I get. That leads me to uh that leads me to uh to my question about the the Oilers, uh I guess the slow starts. I'm uh, I'm kind of wondering: is this uh, is it a combination of the of the Oilers starting slow, or the other team starting fast, or do you think it's a bit of both? In the sense of maybe the maybe the other team is being told, okay, like we're we're playing the Oilers, we don't want to fall behind against these guys.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, every team's going to say that, but they're going to say that about all the teams they play against. Don't fall behind the Penguins. Don't fall behind Colorado. Don't fall behind Vegas. This, to me, is more an Oiler problem than opposed the competition or the opposition starting strong. The, The Oilers, when they push, when they try to set the pace, as we saw most of the game tonight, well, for example, Arizona couldn't keep up. So if the Oilers would have pushed the pace in the first five to six minutes of the game, the Oilers probably get the lead early and all of a sudden it could become a runaway because the Arizona would have to uh, open up a little bit more. So no, this is, to me, is is on the backs of the Oilers because this is something that's not just from this season. This has been a number of seasons in a row where the Oilers seem to have slow starts to hockey games and have to make the, the comebacks as the game moves on. Yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about it a lot in...
1: You know, like I I said last night, Craig McTavish, when I had him on my show last week, said as a coach, he didn't want to talk about it too much and then plant some sort of seed in the (laughs) player's head where they're thinking like, well, wait, wait, we won, but we didn't start. Do I got to worry about it? Like, what's, (laughs) what's going on? but uh there's enough media
2: there's enough media out there right now every player knows exactly everything that's been talked about they know they get off to slow starts and some and and actually sometimes and, and this goes to more what craig mctavish is talking about sometimes they start pushing and start trying to uh force plays and those plays turn into turnovers and go the other way and i think that's what mac t is saying well if i start putting this pressure on them, now they'll get out of our game plan early because they want to do something special and it turns into a turnover and then all of a sudden the other team scores that way. Right. So uh, it, it hopefully it's just one of those things that... Uh equals out over the course of the season and at some point they get on a run where they score the first goal in nine out of ten games that's what we can hope for
1: the edmonton oil kings won tonight also five three they beat the red deer rebels as we check the scoreboard for edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi trailers head to edmontontrailer.com busy night in the nhl 14 games because there will be no games tomorrow for american thanksgiving what are we watching now oh, there's well, uh, what, what that's, this um, is, that's
2: umbrella butterfly girl
1: Oh, this is from a halftime show of a basketball game. Yeah. I thought maybe it was more LA King stuff to go on. You didn't on mind if helmets.
2: I turned the channel. I wanted to watch Butterfly Umbrella Girl. She was pretty good, though. Can she we wo- put
1: A&E on? Maybe there's a Law & Order
2: rerun. <laughs> well, that'd be pretty good. But no, seriously, that girl was... She was twirling it was, nine umbrellas while she just, was laying on her back.
1: I just didn't expect to see it on a sports highlight show when I looked up. It you looked, just don't
2: appreciate
1: the athleticism. Well, I'm not into halftime shows. And, and, you, have, and you have said I've, that. I've made that clear several times. The Sharks beat the Senators 6-3. <laughs> the Bruins knocked off the Sabres 5-1. Panthers over the uh, Flyers 2-1 in overtime. The Wild beat the Devils 3-2 in a shootout. Like, if I booked the Super Bowl halftime show... It would just be like Seinfeld telling a few jokes. Okay, back to the game.
2: Penguins beat the Canucks 4-1. Capitals over the Canadiens 6-3. You you do know that you are never going to get that job now? And if anyone ever offers it to you, I'm going to send that clip because I don't want to watch some comedian. I want to watch a a good concert.
1: Well, I can dream. (laughs) Blue Jackets 3, Jets nothing. Red Wings over the Blues, 4-2. Rangers beat the Islanders, 4-1. Golden Knights win, 5-2, against the Predators. Oilers play there on Saturday uh, against uh, the Vegas, uh, the Golden Knights, I should say. Avalanche uh, beat the Ducks, 5-2. Maple Leafs ring up the Kings, 6-2. The Kraken get a victory, 2-1 over the Hurricanes. And, of course, right here on 630, Chet, it is Oilers 5, Coyotes 3, as Edmonton goes to 14-5. and 5
2: on the season it, though though we heard uh one of the questions for for dave tippett tonight was talking about leon on pace for 50 and 50 and i just went through a list of all the players that have done and there's, it's a very small list yeah and i guess my memory is gone but wayne gretzky scored 50 and 39 yes and he scored five in the 39th game yes i didn't realize or remember he scored four in the 38th game he scored nine he went goals. From forty-one in, to 50. yeah, he scored forty-one to fifty <laughs> in two games. I'm like, I remembered five in the 39th game, the empty net goal to, to get it against the Philadelphia Flyers. I didn't realize he'd score four in the game before that. That's a pretty good back-to-back for, for Wayne Gretzky as Connor or as Leon Drysaddle makes his push to be added to another uh, pretty cool list as he tries to get fifty and fifty.
1: Okay, so halftime show it's Sharon Lois and Bram. But they're playing Guns N' Roses songs. That'd that's be cool. What, that's what I'm gonna book. Seven eight zero four nine six zero. Oh, you know what?
2: That is opening night of your casino. That's who you're gonna book.
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. We have Rocket on the line. As the Oilers win five three. Hey, Rocket, go ahead.
6: Well, Rob, you, you stole my thunder once again, as you always do. But uh, it's exactly what I was talking about. When is Leon Dreisaitl going to get? Um, the accolades that he deserves hovering underneath McDavid like Messier did back in the day. Leon Dreisaitl, um, in my opinion, is, is actually a better hockey player than Mark Messier. Mark Messier was a tough, physical, mean son of a bee, as you all know back in the 80s. And now we're looking at two players Connor McDavid gets the limelight all the time because he skates like 9,000 miles an hour and has highlight reel plays. But Leon Drysital is this 200-foot player, proven face-off, penalty kill, everything. No, when you're you know, right, we we the Oilers have two generational start players. When comparing who the best is, really. Leon Draisaitl is leading the team in
2: points. Sean McDavid. No, you're right. It's It's funny that when I talk with buddies or people about hockey, and you bring up Connor, it's it's all accolades. You bring up Leon, there's always someone that finds something. Well, he's lazy at this situation. Oh, he doesn't do this properly. And I'm like, okay, you he, he do know that he's leading the NHL in goals in points. And he's in the top three or four in plus minus. And he's in the top three or four in face-off percentage. And if the Oilers are shorthanded five-on-three, he's the guy that comes out. And if there's ever an important face-off in any time of the game, Leon takes it. We have the two best players in the NHL. And on any given night, it's either I, either either or. It, there's, and we just talked about it and, and Reed referenced Tom McClellan telling Leon, you don't have to be the second player on, best player on the ice any night. You can be the best, and there are nights that he is. So the Oilers are fortunate, and every other team in the National Hockey League is jealous. And I would imagine the other 31 teams' fan bases wishes they had one of our two superstars because we were fortunate to get to see both of them each and every night.
1: Kellen Kennedy has just informed me that it is just Sharon and Bram, as Lois has unfortunately passed away.
2: Oh, I'm I did not know that.
1: that. I, I heard that they were do, making some sort of a comeback. I didn't realize that unfortunately they had lost a member.
2: So, uh, they can still they can be the opening act then at your opening night. Yeah, re- no,
1: they could still. could be Sharon and Bram. I just feel bad. I didn't know Lois has passed. Reed, away. they just dropped an album like this week. Yeah, I yeah that's what I'm saying. I knew that because I I'd, I'd heard that they they were. Uh, out again. Mm. I just didn't realize they had lost a member. So that's sad. It is it's very I sad. I wasn't trying to make light of that.
2: No, it is, is, Yanni, does it, is Yanni still around with us? Ninema? No, Yanni yeah. the, the flutist. Because that would be another person you could have. I think it's a flutist,
1: thing. isn't it? If you play the flute, aren't you a
2: flutist? Why? Well, just the. Term. Well, is it a trout? If there's lots of trout, is it truths then? I mean, like, why do you have to change the main letter in it?
1: No, I, well, I, didn't, make the, I didn't make the grammar rule. I'm
2: going to look it up now. Know. Yanni is still alive. Yes. There he goes. So Yanni can play. What about he's... Fred Penner? He is. Uh, he just celebrated his 82nd
1: birthday, actually. This halftime show is getting better all oh the time. Oh, my it goodness is.
2: gracious. You actually might want to sell start tell, selling tickets.
1: But, again, it's all children's artists and Yanni, I guess, doing Guns N' Roses songs.
2: Absolutely. Have you ever heard uh, Take Me Down to the Paradise City on a flute before?
1: No, but we will when I book the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show.
2: No, it's not the Super Bowl. It's your house.
1: I'm thinking it's the big. opening of the casino. No, I'm thinking big. I'm, thinking, I'm still thinking Super Bowl. Okay, your backyard. Oilers 5-3 uh, over the Coyotes. Tony is on the CertainTeed hotline. Hello, Tony. How's it going, boys? Well, we're doing great. How are you?
7: Um, I had mixed feelings about the last two games. Uh, I could go on and on and on about the refing. I'm tired of it. Anything that Carmen David or Leon i will do that that requires a penalty, let them get away with it. I don't care anymore. Okay. Um, The one thing thing I've been wondering for you guys is besides us when we're down two or three goals or on a back-to-back, does it ever bother you that Tippett is switching lines instead of, you know, keep it? Like everybody says that Leon, that we're more dangerous when Leon and Connor are on different lines. And when, now we have a guy that is gritty, and we paid five point some odd million dollars for him from Toronto, and we just seem to always put Leon and Connor together.
1: No, well, no, that's not correct. I'm looking through my notes because I write down the, the starting lines for the last game, the, every game. Hyman, McDavid, and Pugliarvi had started the last eight games together as a line.
7: I haven't I haven't looked at the like it's just that for some reason for some reason the last few games it seems like as soon as we're down we're down we stick we stick to that line and I understand you know they're better you know together but I've also heard that we're better when Leon and Connor are on different lines, and they can
2: man their own line. Get, and they can man their own lines. Well, yep. they they can. The, the getting Hyman allowed the Oilers to do whatever they want because Hyman can run a line himself. I mean, I have a hard time arguing the fact that Dave Tippett put Connor and Leon together tonight when Connor and Leon scored all five goals on the same line. So, I mean, I don't understand how there could be any disappointment or frustration in that. Dave Tippett has moved it all around this year, and what he's done has been pretty successful as the team is 14-5 and on the year, one of the top four best teams in the National Hockey League, and their two-star players are 1-2 in scoring. Uh, To me, I think as he has for most of his tenure here, Dave Tippett, when he makes decisions, they've turned out to be the right ones. So I think it was uh, tonight he had a feeling playing Connor and Leon together that the Arizona Coyotes would have no match to it defensively. And they didn't. They, they had five goals and easily could have had another four or five goals. They were dominant. I don't know if they played in their end much this game because they were so good. So I, Dave Tippett looks at the other team's lineup, looks at his own, and then decides which was the best way to put his lines together. And tonight, I mean, I think the, the stats show that he made the right call as his star players together. Uh, scored five goals, were plus two, and had 11 points as a line.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got all the lineups here. No, I know, uh, yes, they do change during the games, yep. but most of the games they have started with Hyman, McDavid, and Puliarvi as a line, the majority of the games. Now, yes, sometimes McDavid and Drysdale are going to play together, but even though we talked a lot about Hyman, uh, getting be, being a winger for McDavid he's really a winger for the top 6 yes. whether he plays with Drysdale McDavid or
2: or or Nugent Hopkins well one of the problems that the Oilers had when they put Leon and Connor together is Nugent would try to carry a line and what we've seen in the last number of years is that uh, 5 on 5 he hasn't been able to carry a line penalty killing and power play he's been fantastic but 5 on 5 uh, he hasn't been able to drive a line so they went and got Hyman. And we, what we have seen is Hyman has the capability to do that. And he does it different way. He does it through brute force and taking the puck to the net and being a, uh, an absolute bull out there. So that's what they got Hyman for. Hyman wasn't just brought in to say, okay, you're playing with Connor McDavid. Hyman was here to make this team a better hockey club, and he's done that. And sometimes he's done it playing with Connor, and sometimes he's done it playing with R&H. And he's given Dave Tippett the luxury and the ability to move his lines around depending on who the Oilers are playing. And with a 14 and 5 record, uh, he's been right more, nimes, more times than not.
1: Alright, Oilers win 5-3 tonight in Arizona. Four points each for McDavid and Dreisaitl. Certainty hotline. We have Chris standing by. Hey Chris, go ahead.
8: Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Quite well. I have a question for Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie Seabiscuit,
2: the racehorse? I remember this. I, I don't know if I saw it, but I do know the the story, but yep.
8: Well, there was a part in the movie where they were training the horse to jump ahead or leave the gate uh, and they had to train him how to just leave. And so they trained him with a bell. It's, you know, it's operant conditioning and behavior shaping and stuff. So my question is, is, and it's reasonably easy, is that everybody does the physical stuff. Did you, probably not in your day, but do they have just a good behavioral psychologist that can help shape the behavior with a little bit of visualization or something and maybe get them out of the gate, so to speak, a little quicker?
2: I I would think most teams would have um, access to a, a behavioral guy yes. I I, uh, I when when I played we we had one he wasn't around all the time but when you wanted to talk to him or they would bring him in at times so yeah absolutely they do and uh, they've I've been on teams where they brought in motivational speakers to try and uh, get you thinking in a certain uh, a certain way before games or, or things like that so yeah absolutely that is a a lot of players have their own guy that they call up on their own Who's on speed dial key you know what things aren't going right well well for me right now i need to talk to someone get me out of this funk i'm not scoring whatever it is just to let them start getting the mental side of it and work on those things so i don't know if the team would bring in a guy to say hey we need better starts but but you're right it is physically the oilers are good enough and talented enough to start better than they do so yeah it 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 probably is mental. I don't know what it is, but you're right. It is probably mental. They have a mental block for the start of – for the first five to seven minutes of hockey games that they somehow have to get over.
1: Yeah, definitely players – teams have psychologists available. And, uh, yeah, like you said, some players will have their own person or Mm -hmm. someone they know from – who's worked with them throughout their career that they will talk to. That is an interesting side of the game and probably one we don't – hear a lot about whether it's something as uh cons- serious as a, a mental health yep. issue and we've seen players have to take time off or just something where a player might say this is bugging me i i i i feel like uh, three weeks ago i could do this and now i don't feel like i could do it you know there are there are people for well you have those conversations
2: you with. think about it you, these say you have a player on your team that's a a 50 million dollar player and you are making sure that he is physically fit. He's got the best equipment to work out with. He's got a fitness guy. He's got a skills guy. He's got a nutritionist. But uh, that's only one side of, of being a professional athlete or a person in general. There's also the mental aspect, and it's been a lot slower coming in pro sports, but over the last... 15 20 years they've started to really put a lot more effort and a lot more time and a lot more money into that side of it for the athlete because at the end of the day there's not a lot of difference between players at the top level and the level right below The biggest difference is the mental side of it. They're able to do it with consistency. If you bring any player up from the minors and he'll go and have two or three-game stretch where he looks really good, then there's a drop-off. Well, he's shown that he's capable of doing it, but why can't he do it with consistency? A lot of it is the mental aspect of it that teams are now starting to put a lot more time and effort into that. You may as well. You got 50 million, 100 million, whatever, tied up in this player, and 100 or what? A seven, eight hundred million dollar franchise. You want to make it as successful as you can, and if you've got uh, someone that can talk your or talk to the players or help them through the mental side of it to make them better, well, you got to make every effort to do that. Yeah,
1: it, it is really interesting, and I've talked to. I mean, it's all sports now when you get yep. to the high levels. Uh, I mean, I've talked to curlers. It's, mm-hmm. like it's, it's four men or women. Like, that's the team. Yep. You know, and they, they'll have – I've talked to curling rinks that have a psychologist mm-hmm. they talk to. Okay, how, how are we manage our relationship if, if, if we feel we're in a bad position during a game? Uh, who, who's who's the calming influence? What are the some of, what are the, some of the phrases we use to calm ourselves down or refocus if we have a bad end? Like it's it's actually really interesting.
2: Well, and the pressure nowadays is bigger than it ever was because of social media, because of twenty four hour media. Uh, on its own there's all this pressure i know my son's in theater and he's gone and, and talked to people and it's amazing how much f- uh, better they feel coming out of it and, and, and it works and it helps and uh, very very important you got to be you got to be mentally healthy as well if you want to be at the top level not just physically you have to be mentally healthy
1: well leon Draisaitl is healthy and firing away four points tonight he leads the nhl with 40 points through 19 games as the Oilers <laughs> beat Arizona 5-3. You'll hear from him in a couple of minutes when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: sidle on the right back to the blue line. CC one-timer that hit. Cassian. Here's sidle Scores! Le- Rye Seidel fires it home, and the Oilers are up 2-1. He's
1: on fire. Four points tonight. The Oilers are 14-5. They beat the Coyotes
9: 5-3. Here's Leon.
4: Leon, how did you assess your team's performance in getting two points back on the board after last night?
9: Um, I thought we started slow, and then we kind of found our legs, and I thought actually for yeah, maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes of the game, we're actually really good. Um, you know, we, we kept them in their zone, kept it fairly simple. Um, every line was kind of, kind of going, and um, obviously you need that. But um, you know, we, we obviously want to limit those those last two goals at the end there to to make it a tight game. It's it's kind of unnecessary, but um, we'll learn from it and, and um, you know get that out of our game.
4: Uh, your head coach electing to go with you McDavid and Cassian on a line you guys have had success on long stretches in the past what is it about Zach Cassian's game that complements yours and Connors so well?
9: well I think he knows how to play with good players right uh, he reads he reads the game really well um, big body he goes to the net he knows where to go to to be effective and and give give us the room that we need um, to, to make plays or create something so um, yeah, we really obviously love playing with him. Uh, He's a great player. So, um, you know, he, he had a big night. He was really good tonight.
4: Uh, did Connor apologize about not getting you the puck on that empty netter? Because I know he was trying. No, I don't need an apology. That's okay. <laughs> I I almost
9: had to apologize to him because I <laughs> drag, dragged my leg a little bit there. It was close, but thankfully he went in.
4: Alian, well, I know you're not one to really comment on yourself, but you achieved a feat tonight that is... Pretty incredible! You're the only player in franchise history, not named Wayne Gretzky, to hit 40 points before the 20 game mark. What's it like to be in that kind of company with the greatest player of all time?
9: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's great, of course. Um, but you know, we we get a great group, and and it's about winning on our team. And and obviously, that that's my way of helping the team um, from from time to time. And and you know, obviously, Connor helps me out so much, and um you know with without line maids or especially connor but anyone really um you know this this is impossible so um you know obviously we're we're looking to keep going um you know these are stats that um at the end of the day don't don't really matter
4: you talked about your group you talked about your teammates and they've had to rally a little bit here especially the guys on the back end what did you think of the defenseman tonight yeah, I thought they were really good.
9: Um, you know, they kept it simple, uh, made the right place when they were there. Um, uh, you know, they're they're all good players. Like we're, we don't need to act like they've never played in the NHL. Um, you know, they're all really good defensemen that you know have been in the league for a long time. Most of them at least. So, um,
4: yeah, it was it was a good night. I thought they were really good tonight. I know some of your teammates have talked about, uh, you know, the adversity that you guys have been facing, the the road struggles a little bit, the injuries. Could this be a rallying point for your club for the rest of the season?
9: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you always need to rally when when there's guys down, right? We're missing two of our uh, top top four defensemen, so uh, that's always a, a grind and that's that's tough tough to compensate. But I think we're doing a really good job right now. Um, so tonight was was a step in the right direction, I thought. And um we're obviously looking to keep that going
5: take one question on zoom terry jones go ahead go ahead terry go ahead and unmute your mic terry uh
6: when you were a kid growing up in germany were you uh, at all aware of the legend and lore of 50 goals and 50 games and that kind of special uh uh number that was uh is it hasn't happened for a long long time uh and would it mean anything to you to accomplish
9: that um uh, first of all no um i never really got to watch the nhl when i was younger um second part um i think it's a little um i don't know what to say i guess it's a little uh crazy to think that I'm going to score 50 goals in 50 games. Um, you know, obviously right now, pucks are going in for me, but, um, you know, this is a tough league to score, and so, um, you know, I, I don't expect to 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 hit that stat um, at all, so, um, so obviously you're going to keep shooting. If they go in, great. Uh, I know there's going to come, come times where they're probably not going to go in. Hey, can you just discuss the uh
6: the idea of a goal, a game—that's uh, uh, a pretty,
9: pretty cool number. <laughs> you expect me to score 82 goals this year? <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, um, again, it, you know, obviously playing with 97 makes it a lot easier, a um, lot more free, free ice out there uh, with him. But um, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect that of myself. That's not anything that's uh you know realistic i think so uh, i'm just gonna yeah, continue doing my thing and, and if they go in great if they don't then um you know it's a it's a heart leak to scoring
1: all right well he's over a goalie game so far so it's been fun to watch uh whether he gets 50 and 50 or 82 or or whatever by the end of the year that was leon dry he and mcdavid both had two goals and two assists tonight. Cassian a goal and two assists as the Oilers beat the Arizona Coyotes five-three. Miko Koskinen twenty-four saves. He is now ten and two on the season. So the Oilers next game and our next broadcast Saturday night when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights 3.30 in the afternoon for the face-off show. They'll drop the puck at 5. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Get more on this game and on the Oilers on 630chett.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open line edmonton five arizona three your final have a great night